Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue. Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart, Garrett Eisler here to discuss uh, season three, episode 14, Sometimes a Great Ocean. But before we do that, a couple things about our last episode, uh, Don't Believe in Rumors. Garrett, we usually post about, uh, like we don't do marketing for the show except posting about the episode when it's available on the I Love the Odd Couple Facebook page. And normally people give it a few likes and quote a few lines from the episode. But this week or last week, <clears throat> there was a lot of discussion, far more than we ever see, about the... Don't believe that, in rumors. Right. The character that uh, Lisa <clears throat> and whether or not she was a good person or a bad person or out to get them or just the way she is and it's just her and she was not nefarious. So... I, I just didn't expect so much discussion about an episode that the I fans are engaged. What can I say? Yeah, I kind of write that episode off. I engage who 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 cares about that one? But there there was definitely a lot of, and it wasn't just me responding. Um, there was like people responding back and forth to each other about. We it. find that yeah, you know, the the fans there will be fans for every single episode. Yes, someone will stand up for or say like for every episode. It's someone's favorite, probably, and that people really kind of dive deep into some of what happens on the show. Indeed. Yeah. Um, Such one, as. Well, yeah, one good point that uh, Steven on the show made, uh, or Steve on the Facebook page made, which we should have brought up, was the fact that, um, you know, Felix ha- is interested in dating Lisa, but he's supposed to be dating Miriam at this time. Who lives in the building. Right. So <laughs> It'd be kind of it, hard to keep it a secret from her. Uh, we should have brought that up, and yeah. I think now I'll think about it in the future for the other episodes where uh, Felix tries to date someone. And I think she's Miriam is coming up in an in a episode soon. So, so it, it's either one <laughs> of two of things. It either means that, um, that the sh- writers of that episode just completely forgot about Miriam and didn't even think about it. Or if you kind of go more into the show itself and take it all for real, that it shows how casual that relationship is, which right. we've talked about ourselves in an open relationship. Who knew? Well, we said that he never really talks about marriage or like he doesn't show affection to her. Right. So this, this would reinforce that. If that, if, if it's, you know, if it's, it may if it's be... not something forgetful. Right. That's not that the, the show writers are forgetting it. That really is now in the, this context. That really is striking. That when does he ever refer to her as his girlfriend? I think the first time she's introduced in the um, the computer dating episode. I think Oscar refers to her right. more the girl as you're seeing in yeah the build, someone in the building you're seeing, but after that, there's re- he never refers to her as his girlfriend, and they never do anything very romantic together. There's a there's a one episode where they mention about going through a love tunnel, mm. and I uh, will pay attention when we get That's to that. That's true. She does yeah. sometimes. She tells a story of something they did that was romantic, yeah. right? But um, it's all really is like she's this platonic friend of Felix after a while, companion. Yeah, they share interests. I don't know. Well, okay. anyway, we'll see in the episodes coming up uh, what happens to her. But it is the fact that we didn't think of it. I think does 
say something about the forgetability of uh, Miriam's character. Not, yeah. El- not Eleanor Donahue, who's delightful, but the character as written. Okay, you want to mention the writer? So yeah, so, um, oh, for this episode? Yes. Okay. Which one are we talking about? Sometimes a Great Ocean. Can I just say that sometimes I saw the title, Sometimes a Great Ocean, and I said, what? And this was one like I had no memory of all, at all. And then I read the description and it said something, Ocean Cruise. Uh, yeah, vaguely, I remember them in kind of boat wear, <laughs> cruise wear. And I had no, so this is, it was an interesting one for me to watch because I had no, until I started, I did, things came back to me as I started watching it. But anyway, um, yeah, Dennis Klein is the, uh, the writer for this episode. It was his first odd couple. And it was uh, relatively early in his career. And he wrote one additional odd couple uh, later on in this season. Uh, but then moved on to other shows and, and moved on to a very uh, prestigious career. Because not only did he write for write a lot for some big shows like Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Uh, a show called Buffalo Bill, I bet. Oh, yeah, of course, Dabney Coleman. That, that was a... Coleman. When that show aired, it was considered very um, uh, before its time. It was very yeah. acerbic, and Jamie Tarsus, mm-hmm. who recently passed away, was the creator or was involved in it, mm-hmm. um, or her father. Now I can't remember Jay Tarsus, um, and yeah, that was that was considered like a critical darling, and, but never got renewed on NBC. Well, that kind of makes sense because then his follow up to that was actually as a not just a writer but a co-creator of the larry sanders show okay with yeah. gary shambling so yeah. uh that is definitely the, the big feather in his cap uh and uh it, it all began here with sometimes a great ocean okay so we um we open on oscar typing on his typewriter on his bed uh it's on an angle it's not flat on the bed because of all the mess, but Oscar and Oscar says to nobody just says this out loud. They sold me a lopsided typewriter (laughs) and then he shoves a catcher's mitt under it to stabilize the typewriter. He pulls out the paper he was typing on and says, not bad, three down, one to go. I love, by the way, how Oscar keeps reminding us how the typewriter was the original laptop. He uses it like a laptop. Yeah, that's right. He brings it everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's bad, you know, he takes a folded piece of paper from the bed, smooths it out, and puts it in to keep typing. And then Myrna walks in with a pizza box, and Oscar asks what took her so long. And she says, I think I'm naturally slow. Also, they're not used to making pizza with fried eggs on them. Oscar asks, asks her to put it on the table when he points to the middle of the room And she looks around and does not see a table because there isn't one. And then Oscar says, the table, the table, you blind, you can't see a table. And then he moves this, that large gray trash can we've seen before close to the bed. And this is what he means by a table. You mean the one that says, keep our city clean? Exactly. So he means that that's a table. So she figures it out and puts the pizza on top of the garbage can, like just so that it's propping up the pizza box. And Oscar says, you get plenty of anchovies. And Myrna says, plenty of anchovies, onions, onions, hot peppers, extra hot peppers. You told him to leave the cheese off, right? <laughs> Myrna says, right. And Oscar says, good, because the cheese will kill you. <laughs> kind of ahead of his time with the cheeseless pizza. And then he notices that there's a piece of paper on top of it. A piece of paper on top of the pizza when he opens it. And he says, what's this? A note from the pizzeria. Good luck, Paisan. <laughs> 
and he throws the note aside and he eats a piece of pizza. But if you look at that pizza, that is a plain piece of pizza. There is no fried egg on it. There's no, no onions. There's right. no anchovies. So I, mean, it is, I noticed it is very red. Yeah, it's just so a piece of pizza. I was well, I, I was struck by the cheese comment, so I could believe it maybe did not have cheese. Yes, it's possible they had no cheese, but I I believe they it. I certainly they, left off the other things here. Yeah, they just ordered a a, a prop. Well, they must Probably have ordered a piece of pizza to relying on the fact that people like me were watching this on black and white TV, <laughs> not able to pause it or freeze frame. Right. No, no one at the time probably noticed so Myrna asks if he's finished the columns yet and he says almost and Myrna says but you said and Oscar says with a mouth of food before she can finish I'm typing I'm typing Myrna says what a way to live I know you're trying to get away for vacation but to try to finish two weeks of work in one day is crazy you better slow down or you'll be writing your own obituary then she starts to eat pretzels out of a bag and I don't know if you noticed this but the brand name of the bag was crossed off with a magic marker. <laughs> Lazy. So the obviously someone at the studio Paramount decided they can't plug whatever the company was. So they it's just crossed off with a magic marker. It's, it is very lazy. It's very sloppy. Uh, also, I think Penny Marshall stumbled over a line here because when she picked up the bag and was tr- going to say, trying to get away for vacation, she says, you know, first. And I think the act of picking up that bag of pretzels, which may have been ad-libbed, kind of threw her off mm. her script. because she Maybe says she the, saw the magic marker on it. That could be. That's right. Could have like confused her. <laughs> Oscar says, I got to finish this column if I want to go to Las Vegas. I want nothing on my mind while watching the girls with nothing on their bodies. Which is, you know, today Las Vegas is not thought about for going to see nudie shows because no. it's such a family is it i don't know it's a family <laughs> it's considered more of a family it's, destination it's, that's true it, or it, gambling but not nudie yeah, shows it's still seedy but i think they've done a lot to improve their um, it can be seedy it doesn't happen but i guess seedy. it was even more seedy back then i don't think it was las vegas is seedy anymore i think i've never been glitzy oh well okay so it's unfair for me to judge it is uh felix walks in now and says look at that look at that exactly as i left him eight hours ago i bet that's the only food you've eaten too and he says this while he's pulling the piece of pizza out of oscar's mouth because oscar's holding it just in between his teeth while he's trying to Mm -hmm. type oscar grabs back the pizza slice and says no i had a polish sausage sandwich an hour ago (laughs) and felix looks at myrna and says did you ever he hasn't had a decent meal in four days Oscar says, stop nagging, will you, Felix? He pulls out the sheet he was typing on and hands all the papers to Myrna and says, take these down to the office right away and send a message to pick messenger to pick up the one I'm typing. He then goes, he then goes through, it's a kind of a weird scene. He goes through his schedule with Myrna, what he's going to do the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. But he's doing it while Felix is also talking about the pizza pizza. So right. the One of these, they do these kind of crosstalk ad lib things to build up tension. Right. Uh, and Pete, uh, uh, Felix is calling the pizza swill, which seems a little, <laughs> I mean, I guess if it had fried eggs and anchovies yeah. and onions on it, it could be like swill, but it's just a piece of pizza. Uh, then Myrna leaves and Oscar turns to talk to Felix, but he all of a sudden has this pain look on his face and he starts to hold his stomach and he says, oh boy. We have that sound effect, don't we? Well, I was about to get to that. 
Uh, Felix asks if it's his ulcer, and Oscar says yes, and says that Felix should call Dr. Milnitz. So during that, they, yes, there's this sound effect, mm-hmm. I guess because we need to understand that his stomach yeah. is upset, so I'm going to play the sound effect, which is, guess is supposed to be an upset stomach or, or kind of maybe diarrhea sound effect. Here it is. I'm playing it over and over again so we can hear it. It's like, uh, I don't know how you describe that. Oh, that was the That's sound the sound effect. effect, yeah. I thought, oh, okay. That's I thought, I, just, I, was, I think I'm remembering like earlier, you know, the, this is, uh, it's been a while since we had an Oscar ulcer episode. Um, that was a big theme in season one. And I, I seem to remember them using like kind of deep kettle drum kind of boom kind of thing. No, this, that was the sound effect when he oh. turns to Felix. It's, it's supposed to sound scary. like a, you know, like a rumbling in your stomach or a grumbling. Ah, right, right. It's that. just, I don't, it's, you know, we've talked about this before that they put in like, you know, when, cues, yeah. yeah, when Edna comes out in her umpire uniform, they go, ta-da. <laughs> like we just, right. I don't know why they feel the need to, felt the need to put in some of these sound effects that I just don't think are necessary. They do a lot of it. Yeah. And, um, it's also something I realized that, including all the underscoring, the uh, the studio audience probably did not hear. That's right. That's um, right. They probably did not. Maybe so, they maybe they maybe they thought the studio audience didn't understand he had an ulcer, so they thought the uh, the viewing audience wouldn't. I guess. I don't know. So Felix says, "I knew it. I knew it about the ulcer," and takes away the pizza. But Oscar says he's not through with it yet, and then he gets a sharper pain, and we go to credit. And after credits, we get uh, our first clip. The Odd Couple was filmed in front of a live audience. I warned him, Doctor. I pleaded with him. I tried to impress on him the God-given gift of good health, but he wouldn't listen to me. It's like talking to a brick wall. You ever try to talk to a brick wall? (laughs) Felix, you are the reason doctors don't like to make house calls. I know it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I talk too much. From now on, my lips are sealed. I was only trying to help. You helped enough by getting him out here. Just that I have this strong, sympathetic reaction to pain. <laughs> Remember when my wife was pregnant? I went through everything with her. I had the swollen ankles. I had the morning sickness. I had the depression. I even waddled when I walked. <laughs> okay, once more. Deep breath. Right here? Uh. Here? No. Here? Ah, yeah. That's the spot. Thank you. It's his ulcer, isn't it? It's rearing its ugly head again. It's ripping its way right through that stomach wall. Rip, 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 rip. Now I had wiring a fractured jaw. Rip, rip, rip. Oscar. You promised me this time that you were going to take care of yourself. I've been trying, Doc. He's been trying, Doc. He's been trying, Doc. Oh, thank you. Well, I won't know anything for sure until all the tests are in. But one thing I'm certain. Any more anxiety, any more tension, you could be out completely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Will you stop with the head? Look, I was thinking about going to Las Vegas. You go to Las Vegas, you'll go in a box. Mm-hmm. Will you stop with the nodding? Look, my philosophy about sickness is if you ignore it, it'll go away. Oh, let me write that down. I'd like to write that down, too. 
Doctor, I've taken the liberty of preparing a menu for Oscar. Felix, if you're angling for some kind of feast splitting, forget it. <laughs> However, he's got a point. I want you to be especially careful with your diet. Only bland foods. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 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 Call me Monday and let me know how you're feeling. I'll make sure that he calls you Monday, Doctor. Doctor. What should I do? <laughs> Take care of him and see that he stays in bed. I'll make sure he stays in bed, but uh, how often should I check on him? I don't know. Every couple of hours. I've got to go to work, but I'll, I'll sneak back from work. Just tell me one thing. In case of emergency, how much responsibility are you leaving in my hands? Well, let me put it this way. You can take his temperature. But call me before you operate. Here we go with surprises. What are you doing? Playing solitaire. You're not cheating, are you? Oh, no. Because cheating makes guilt, and guilt makes acid. Déjeuner et servez. But first... Tapioca pudding on what is this wonderfulness here you've got? I have never seen that, I'm afraid. What is that? Steam celery. Steam celery. Not exactly a dish fit for a king, but then you're not Henry VIII, are you? You're Oscar the Sick. <laughs> you know, they should hire me to cheer up sick people. <laughs> How is it, huh? Good? Mm, good. You know, Fizz, do you ever think about cooking for a hospital? That good, huh? <laughs> I love to see you eat. Every slurp brings you that much closer to good health. And Las Vegas. Well, I've got to go back to work. Okay. Is there anything you need? You're going to be all right? What can happen to me in bed? Sheet burn? <laughs> You're right. Don't you worry, fella, because I'm going to pull you through. I know you are. Trust me. I do. I'm on your side, you know. Oh, I'm lucky to have a friend like you who all comes home from work to make me such a delicious lunch. That's Thank you, Felix. I really, I can't tell you how much oh. I like Steam celery. Soft boiled eggs running yet. Salty, stinky soup. Oh, Myrna. Oscar. Yes. Same place, same pizza, same eggs, but tell him to hold the note. So there's a lot of visuals in that scene. The the part that gets all that applause is that Felix is trying to show Dr. Melnitz. Oscar's tray of junk food to show Including how bad it's eating at it. But Dr. Melnitz decides that that's Felix <laughs> offering him food and eats one. Uh, there's a scene, it's a little odd. There's a scene when, when Felix corners Dr. Melnitz at the front door to get advice and in that, in that Felix as doctor, you mm-hmm. know, Felix always wants to be a doctor. There's this weird angle shot of Oscar listening in trying to eavesdrop on what they're saying, which Oscar does a lot when Felix gets into that doctor mode. It's just kind of an odd angle shot of uh, Jack Klugman there. Uh, Felix sprays the room before he serves Oscar food, which also gets a laugh. And I don't know if you noticed this. There's a yellow piece of tape. There's a yellow piece of paper taped to Oscar's headboard that seems to be some sort of schedule 
And so I'm guessing it's like Felix. Oh. Is that Felix's menu for him? I, it, I was trying to see if it was a menu. It did not look to me like a menu. It was hard to zoom in on it. It looked more like a schedule. There could have been a diet on there and a menu, but it looked like it had times and numbers and not. Did you notice if it was there in the first thing? I didn't go back to check, but because I noticed it in this scene, I yeah. think that's right. why I, I think that's why I noticed it because it wasn't there before. So now we have a new scene. Oh wait, well, oh, yes. I can't Sorry. let us go on. Okay, without saying something about our friend Dr. Melnitz. Yes. Oh yes, I should so, say that's Bill yeah. Quinn returning as Dr. Melnitz in a funny for scene. the first time since season one. Oh, I this checked. is okay. Okay, yeah. good. I did not check that. Yeah, he he was a kind of even though he's only in two episodes, he's one he was very prominent in those. Yeah, I guess they were right. They refer to him a lot more. Family doctor. They refer to him a lot more than we see him. Right. 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 He was an offstage character a lot. And uh, and then season two, he's not there, even though they have medical issues, such as going to the hospital. And there's no Dr. Melnus. Uh, and he's back. So it's interesting that the the uh, Gary Marshall and company brought him back. They missed him. Yeah, and he's very good in, the, yeah. in that scene. Uh, so in the new scene, we hear a man say, uh, hello, Mr. Madison. And Oscar says Hector in here, second door, but it's not Hector. It's the second appearance of Andrew Rubin as Monroe Hernandez, who we discussed at length yeah. during the Oscar surprise birthday party. Oscar says, who are you? And <laughs> Monroe walks in with a toolbox and says he's a super son following in his father's footsteps. And Oscar says, oh, Hector's kid. But he already met Hector. Why doesn't he say, you, I was uh, at your birthday Monroe. party? <laughs> yeah, everyone in this scene has met Monroe, but doesn't recognize him. Now, someone didn't, one of our Facebook friends, uh, raise the possibility that, that this were... might have been filmed first before yes. the other one? Yes, so that's possible, which makes the continuity issues of the show even more uh, frustrating or obvious. That, But as I remember, even in the birthday episode when Myrna meets him yes. for the first time. So. Right, so either way, it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, we're going with the order of the show is the order. Yeah. Like just right. for our purposes, we have to go in the order of the show. Uh, and then he Monroe gives him the racing form, and Oscar says, "Oh, the racing form, good, thanks, kid." And uh, Monroe looks around the room and says, "Boy, would you believe it? Right here in a luxury building, a slum." What I don't understand is why did Oscar think it was Hector at all? Did did he know Hector Hector was coming to give a racing form and it was Monroe? Well, no, because I think it's as we'll find out. Monroe says it was Felix who sent him, right? So to do this job, and but the only possibilities that he thinks it sounds like who Hector, uh, who we never meet, so right. who are we to judge? Um, he could sound like Hector's father. Or he would think, the, who else would break into my apartment but the uh, super? But of course, in this episode, everyone's breaking in. Yeah. We're just walking in the door. So uh, after Monroe makes that comment about the slums, Oscar says, I don't need the jokes, kid. Goodbye. And Monroe says, yeah, but Mr. Unger asked us to install a reading lamp. <laughs> Oscar says, you have to do it now. And Monroe says, yes, I have a guitar lesson this afternoon because I don't want to follow my father's footsteps. Now, Where would you like it? I'm going to get to the point that you're laughing okay. about. <laughs> you know, you're saying you know the yes, point. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, Oscar says, anywhere. Uh, Oscar then gets on the phone and says, hello, Sam. Oscar, yeah, listen, I want to put $20 to win on Jackknife in the 7th. 
Then Monroe asks if there's an electrical outlet in the room. And Oscar says, sure. Monroe asks, where is he? Where is Oscar hiding it? Oscar says he's not hiding it. It's behind the, um, it's behind somewhere. Take a look. You'll find it. So it appears that the only thing Monroe is doing is plugging in <laughs> a lamp, a table lamp, not installing Which, anything. He's I just mean, plugging that is, it in. Yeah, that's really exploiting your building staff if you're calling. It's also to... very inefficient. <laughs> like, just right. buy a lamp, plug He's it like, in. Install a reading lamp as yeah. if it's like a special fixture that's going to be, you know, welded to the wall or something. Which, you know, I did look to see if there was some indication that's the case. It's not. He's it's just a table lamp. He's just yeah, holding a table lamp. Um, so Oscar goes back to Sam on the phone and asks, how did Judy's bill do in the third? Which is, you know, I know there's Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Oh. But I, I find it weird when there's a name for something that's somebody's name of something else. I don't know how they come up with Judy's bill unless it means something I don't understand. Uh, as a horse. Oscar says, didn't even show he was the favorite. So he's having this conversation about horses, and now Monroe crawls under the bed to look for this outlet. And Oscar says, okay, 20 to win, jackknife, seventh, right? And then Murder walks in with a pizza and says, Mr. M, Oscar says, you can come in, Myrna. Ulcers aren't contagious. Myrna says, I brought what you called me to bring, but I'm not happy about it. Oscar says, I'm not concerned with your happiness. I'm concerned with my happiness. And Myrna says, suppose the doctor caught you eating that. Oscar says, I'm not concerned about the doctor either. I'm worried about Felix. And at this point, the clothing under the bed starts to move. Myrna gets scared and says, Mr. Madison, I don't mean to disturb you, but that stuff moved all by itself. <laughs> and then Oscar introduces her to Monroe and they say hi to each other. But as we just said, they've already met. Yeah. He, she's commented on his physical appearance right. in, a, in a positive way and noticed he didn't have a wedding ring. So uh, they should have acted as if they met and that he, you know, he, he, she also should have flirted with him. Uh, Oscar says it's Monroe who's looking for an outlet. And Murder asks, have you tried tennis? <laughs> that, I have to say, that's a very why, funny that line. is one of my favorite odd couple great. jokes of all. Of yeah. all. Oh, right. You know, it's Myrna. Have you tried tennis? <laughs> Because uh, it's just also so seventies, like looking for an outlet, right, for my uh, creativity. Oscar clarifies that he means an electrical outlet. Uh, <laughs> Myrna also has in her hand a large envelope, and Oscar asks, "What is it?" She says, "It's a get well card signed by everyone in the office," which Oscar thinks is sweet, and he takes it out, and we see the outside of the card says, "You've got it." With some sort of cartoon creature sticking its tongue out. <laughs> I did not see it that close. It is I'm not on my phone. I think, it is so I not a get well card, oh. or if it is, I don't understand. Lazy what, props in this. You've episode. got it, means. Uh, Oscar wonders what all the numbers are besides the names inside the card, and Myrna says that's how much money you owe each of them. And then she does her Myrna laugh, and she says they really hope you get better quick and get back to work. Oscar says, go help him find an outlet, please. Then Murray walks in with a giant wreath. <laughs> and he says hi to Myrna, but not to Monroe, who he has also met. Oh. Uh, and he tells Oscar the front door is unlocked, and that's an open invitation to criminals, Oscar says, and New York City police. So Murray puts the wreath on the bed and says, get well quick. Oscar says, what am I, Seabiscuit? Where did you get the flowers, Murray? <laughs> 
And, and where do you get the? And Murray says I was assigned to a funeral, but it's the smell that counts. And Oscar says they smell like formaldehyde. Did you bring the guys like I asked you? Murray says yes, and Oscar tells him to bring them in because he has the cards. Murray asks if it's okay. Oscar says yes. Murray asks if it's okay again. Oscar says, do you want to see the note? Get them, will you? Murray says, hey, fellas, come on in. And in walks two more New York City police officers named Tom and Mike, who are not credited and are really on screen for like two seconds. Oscar says hello and tells them he's going to Las Vegas in a couple days and he wants to get warmed up. Okay, we got quarter and a half, five-card stud, and Murray, you can deal. Monroe says that's against the law, and Oscar tells him to call up a cop. Then Felix walks in and is dismayed at what he sees, which leads to this next clip. What can I do? What can I do? I'd like a beer, Murray, like a hot chocolate. And you, you call yourself Oscar's friend. You could have done irreparable damage to that poor soul in there. I just hope I got back here on time. Well, I had no choice. Mr. M called and threatened me. He threatened you? Yeah, he said if I didn't bring him food, he'd tell the whole office my secret. What secret? Well, this isn't my original nose. <laughs> what about you, Officer Greshler? It's my original nose. Ashamed of you, Murray. If you had any medals, I'd rip them right off you. But Felix, Oscar's my friend. He's sick. And I'm a policeman. I don't have time to unravel your logic, Murray. And you? I just came up here to do my job. I gotta do my job. But you were there. You saw a sick Oscar. Why didn't you throw those men out? When was the last time you saw a Puerto Rican throw out three cops? Be that as it may. You all know better than to disturb Oscar. For shame, shame. Can we leave now? No. In a minute. I'm sorry, but Oscar means a lot to me. He means a lot to all of us. Just that it's impossible to isolate Oscar in this town. He needs to be someplace where it's quiet and restful and where there's nothing going on. He could come to my house any Saturday night. <laughs> I could put him in solitary. How about the basement, the storage room? It's filthy down there. You'll fit right in. <laughs> oh, no, none of that's any good. We, we need some place where I can... This is great. I gotta have it here. Yeah. If we'd gone to Vegas, I would have gotten sick. You can bet on that. <laughs> you see, I'm just as funny on sea as I am on land. <laughs> and this is a great compromise, see? I can swing when I want. I can relax when you want. Yeah. Well, we both needed a vacation. I was... There's... There's something I want to... Hey, wait a minute, everybody. I thought this was a get-acquainted party. It is. I just wanted to get here early so we could... Get our own porthole. <laughs> hey, Felix, I hear the girls that come on cruises are swingers, and soul dance better than vodka. Well, don't get your hopes up. I tell you, you're here to rest. Yeah, well, I'll rest with some of the other passengers, huh? Who is everybody? They're here. They're, they're all on a tour. They'll all come together. There's something I've got to tell you. Oh, you don't have to tell me I know the rules. It's every man for himself, huh? <laughs> Hey, here they come. Here they come. Do me a favor now. What? Big smile. That's the way I want to remember you. Well, the thing is, I just don't know what to do with this carry. 
ones who could make it downstairs. So, like, you have your favorite line about tennis. One of my favorite lines in the whole show, which I didn't even remember till I saw it, was the line about unraveling Murray's logic. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, it's, it's, it's not even a joke. It's just, <laughs> it's just a great uh, Murray bit. What and the way, it's and like, the way he's my do... friend and he's sick and I'm a police man. <laughs> and the way uh, Tony Randall's face yeah. when he says just that. <laughs> um, so there is, the, the again, another kind of sound effect thing. Uh, when Felix figures out to go on a cruise, he like puts his finger up as if he's got an idea and opens his mouth. And then we hear the ship's horn. Yeah. And I, that was when, when, as soon as the episode got started, I remembered two things, the tennis joke yeah. and that moment yeah. for being kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and at the end we see an, a gaggle of old people walk in. Yeah. So the big joke at the end yeah, right, is, is that, that they're on a senior, a senior seniors cruise. Um, I, but I don't, what I, the other thing I didn't understand is, when Felix says, what can I do? What can I do? And Oscar starts to order beverages. Yeah. Why does he order a hot chocolate for Murray? <laughs> well, that's, that's sort of consistent with Murray. Murray likes milk and cookies. and I guess so, like but he, he doesn't drink Murray. I don't think. Oh, he doesn't. I guess he drinks coffee though, but yeah. I, that's a very specific thing to assume. And also likes. Oscar is assuming he, he doesn't ask him. He just. Right. All right. So now we have a new scene. We start with seeing a crew, a ship at sea, a cruise ship at sea is the, uh, establishing shot we see oscar he's packing his clothes not unpacking them he's packing them and he's grumbling sarcastically about a nice relaxing cruise on the ss lawrence welk <laughs> felix walks in and asks what he's doing oscar says he's leaving felix says they just left new york oscar says he's getting off at the first stop felix informs him that the first stop is new york oscar says you mean this boat doesn't stop and he makes a circle finger with his hand to show that it just goes around and Felix says, once around the Atlantic, Oscar says, then I'll hijack the ship. I'll demand a million dollars and an inner tube. Felix says, maybe I owe you an apology. Oscar says, you bet you do. For 30 years, I wanted to take a swinging cruise, and you booked me in a boat where everybody calls me Sonny. Felix says, I thought By the this way, can I just... Yes. Uh, I would I'd love to ask Oscar, do you really mean for 30 years since the 1940s you have been <laughs> I wasn't aware that there were or at least they're publicized swinging that's cruises that's right that's a good that. point that's a good but point but it seems like his childhood dream somehow Felix says I thought this cruise would be a good place for your condition the lifestyle of senior citizens is a nice easy pace Oscar says what pace nobody moves Felix says they're lovely people try to enjoy them now come on unpack Oscar says no I'm not going to unpack he says this twice while Felix starts to unpack and then Oscar just throws the clothes up in the air and says, all right, I'm unpacked. Then Oscar sees someone at the door and says, hey, matey, matey, sir, sir, please, <laughs> sir, come in here. And he pulls in a man in a ship's uniform. Uh, the way he calls him matey is so weird. Well, they just, this is the beginning of like throwing in a bunch of random seafaring jokes. He says, you've got to help me, sir. I've got to get off this ship. Look, will you tell the captain? And the man says, I am the captain. Oscar says, oh, listen, captain. And then Felix jumps in and salutes, saying, <laughs> captain, passenger Unger, out of New York, reporting, sir. Glad to be aboard, sir. The captain salutes back, but a little confused, and says, excellent, excellent. And he says, what appears to be the trouble here? Felix says, passenger Madison appears to be having trouble relaxing. Oscar says, relaxing? I'm so relaxed, I'm dying of boredom. What is there to do on this ship? Where's the activities director, captain? Captain says, well, I'm afraid there isn't one this time out. We took on a new activities director, and he spends most of his time at the rail. I guess he's seasick. I don't know how yeah. you become a 
guess that's cruise, how they... Dr- an activity mm-hmm. director on a cruise ship would be seasick. Not a good Felix job. says, no. you mean there's no one to help these nice people have a good time? Captain says, afraid not. Felix says, captain, begging the captain's pardon, <laughs> sir, and he salutes again. Passenger Unger volunteers to be activities director. Captain salutes back. Oscar asks Felix what he's doing. Felix says, these people are in their golden years. They deserve the best. Oscar says, and you're going to add a little tarnish to their lives. The captain thinks this is a good idea. We need kids like you. Here's a whistle, <laughs> and you'll find a hat in room 102. Felix says, oh, thank you. Thank you, captain. And he salutes them again. And then we hear the ship's bell sounds, and the captain salutes Felix. And Felix says, carry on with your boat business. And he leaves to go get his hat. And then Oscar mocks him and says, uh, saying, you know, carry on with your boat business. And Oscar asks the captain why he gave Felix a job like that. The captain says, I learned one rule at sea. When you've got a troublemaker, give him a whistle. And he says to Oscar, you want a whistle? <laughs> I, Oscar I think says, that's a great line, too. Give him a whistle. Oscar says, no, I want some food. Look at this menu. I don't believe it here. You've got mashed potatoes, pea soup, mashed bananas. Don't you have any food for people with teeth? And the captain says, why don't you eat what I do? Salami, tacos, pizza. And he says, what's that noise? Oscar says, that's my stomach. Which is weird that the captain hears his stomach and doesn't know what it is. Like, <laughs> and we, we don't hear it either. Movie. We didn't get the sound effect again. Like That's the sound effect yeah. noise. Uh, captain, please tell me where do I get pizza and tacos and all that stuff. Captain says, try old Arlo Tupple. So the captain is played by Carl Swenson, who did radios in the 30s, radio in the 30s and 40s. They lots of small TV parts in the 50s and 60s, westerns a lot. Then he got a, a like kind of a recurring role as Lars Hansen, a little house on the prairie, because he, mm. I think he met Michael Landon on the set of Bonanza, but then he died four years into that run. So now we have a new scene. Oscar is with this guy, Arlo Tuttle, who just is an old guy who has his coat open. <laughs> an old guy with a big raincoat full of food. <laughs> right. It looks like a flasher, like the, the, the stereotypical flasher's coat from the 70s. Right, right. But there's a lot of pockets inside the coat, and each one has different food in it. And he, yes. And this guy, Arlo Tuttle, is played by Arthur Toby. He has 445 IMD IMDb credits, but every from 1924 wow. to 1996, I think every one of them except one or two says uncredited. <laughs> it was just kind of dubious, but maybe he's an extra. I guess he was an extra a lot. Well, he was. He doesn't have any lines in this episode. No, he's just a player who just became famous, or not famous, but he just appeared in a lot of stuff. He worked a lot, he but worked. never got credit for it. Somehow, I don't know if his kids or somebody gave IMDb a list right. of everything he was in. If he was I guess it's kind of an interesting physical type, at least as an old person. I don't know what he looked like as a young Right, person, he wasn't always old. Like here, he he's, doesn't have any lines, but he's an interesting presence. So uh, we should also say that because of the plot and of all being on the senior cruise, we have all these now bit players who yes. are old Hollywood actors. Yes, which we'll get, we'll get into some of them after we play this clip. $3 for this sandwich? Three dots, piracy on the high seas. Three dollars. You see that? Three dollars for a kind of sandwich? I don't even know if it's got ketchup on it. Can you believe that? Now hear this, now hear this, all hands on deck. Hello, folks. I'm Passenger Unger. Now, the captain is informing we have no activities, director, so I volunteered myself for the job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The captain gave me this.
his hat and the whistle, and he's given me your folders. Now, we're all aboard for our health, aren't we? So I'm going to make sure that we all follow the rules so that we have a healthy, happy voyage. Thank you, mates. We're also going to have fun. But medically sound fun. I'm going to see that we all follow our doctor's orders. Well, like it or love it, we're all in the same boat, aren't we? <laughs> Here, I made a nautical joke, you see? I'm funny. Listen, Captain Quig, what is medically sound fun? It means, passenger Madison, that we don't cheat on our diets. Look at this. Ham and salami and cheese for a man with an ulcer. Give me the sandwich. Shape up or ship out, Madison. Felix! Felix! That sandwich is worth three dollars! And what is your stomach worth? Am I right? Am I right? Well, ahoy there, Mrs. Grapney. Yes, we met at the passenger meeting, didn't we? Oh, yes. yes. You're the clean bone. <laughs> Have you taken your pills? Oh, yes, yes. But you see, now I'm switching to prunes. Well, you can always trust a prune. No, no, thank you. But I want you to promise me that you're going to take your pills, too. No, I won't. Yes, you will. You better do what he says or I'll have a temper tantrum. <laughs> That's a good little lady, Mrs. Well, ahoy there, mate. You're the equipment monitor, aren't you? Bingo cards? No, 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 no. Cards? No, no equipment. What's your name, sailor? Roswell? Roswell. Yes, well, now, according to this... Work in the cage is a little too strenuous for you. Oh, I, I always work in the cage. I've been in here on the seven cruises. Well, then it's time you had a nice, good rest, isn't it? But cages are my life. I, I used to be a wild animal. You want me to tell your daughter that you refuse to obey doctor's orders? Oh, no. no, no I'll come out. My daughter's more dangerous than any wild animal. <laughs> Aren't you? Sure you are. There she is, full of prunes. <laughs> so one thing that's odd about that scene is Felix takes the sandwich away from Oscar and he throws it out the porthole window, which is littering. He's just throwing food into the ocean. I guess birds will eat it, but I still was surprised that Felix would do hmm. that. Were you, litter. Did you? I did not think of that at all, no. So Mr. Larson is played by John Quaylen, who we already saw in two yes. prior episodes, notably the groundskeeper in A Grave for Felix. And one of the all-time great character actors from uh, Golden Age Hollywood uh, was very prominent roles in Grapes of Wrath and His Girl Friday, worked a lot for John Ford and Howard Hawks. Uh, yeah, I, it's been one of the my favorite discoveries of our podcast is never making that connection that that actor was him who I had known in those movies. And while he never seems to have a really good role in The Odd Couple, um, it's always really cool to see him. And I think this was his final Odd Couple. Um, yes, it was his third uh, of three appearances. And he pretty much retired. He only did a few more roles over the next year and then retired and lived another decade, but didn't has no credit. So this is the end of, of his great career. Mrs. Gradney is played by Queenie Smith, whose first credit on IMDb is 1915, when she was already 17, by the way. Mm. Then she had a small group of filmed credits, 30s through the 70s. She was also on Little House as a recurring character. Mr. Coswell is played by Russell Thorson, who has a long list of TV credits, including 
uh, 67 episodes of Robert Taylor's The Detectives, which is a show most people don't remember anymore. This is the second Odd Couple. He was in a season one episode as well. So we have a new scene, and now Mr. Larson is telling Oscar that his friend, Felix, is causing an awful lot of bad feelings. Mrs. Gradney says all they want to do is just do what they want to do. Can't Oscar explain that to Felix? Oscar then gathers everyone around to come up with a plan, and he starts talking very quietly to them, which is odd because I associate hard hearing, you know, being able to not being able to hear well with people of this age. But the audience can't even hear. Like he's talking to them, uh, creating some sort of plan. And then we hear Felix's whistle, and then Felix comes in uh, for our last clip. Now hear this, all hands on deck, all hands on deck. Stop that jabbering, mister. Now, we're going to have fun today. Guess what we're going to do? Dust each other. <laughs> no. We're going to play Simon Says. Now, first, let me go over the rules. Uh, we know the rules. You do? Good. Then I don't have to tell you, do I? Okay, and everybody, line up on this line right here. Come on. Come on. Oh, I know. Very good. <laughs> you got me, didn't you? I forgot to say Simon Says. Okay. <laughs> Simon Says, line up on this line right here. Good. Very good. Okay. Let's put your toes on the line. No, stop. You're coming too far. <laughs> Simon Says, stop. Simon Says, fall. Simon Says, help. This is the last time I volunteer for anything. <laughs> excitement everybody went back to their cabin well i hope you're happy you won't have felix hunger to kick around anymore <laughs> i need my pills felix aha in other words it's felix hunger to the rescue once more don't huh? put it in other words just give me my pills why wouldn't you listen to me why don't you listen to me i need my pills oscar. Oh, bygones be bygones. oscar oscar when will you learn your lesson do you think i wanted to come on this cruise I did it for you. And look at the thanks I get. You throw me in the brig and you confiscate my hat and my whistle. <laughs> Passengers were having a nice enough time, and then you instigate a riot. Now when everybody, everybody's on the brink of serious illness, you come crawling back on your knees to me and beg for forgiveness. Hold it! I'm holding it. Now just hold it and sit down. All right, I'm going to tell you something, Felix, for your own good and for my good too. Now, I've known you a long time, and I think I know you pretty good. Pretty well. That's exactly what I mean. Pretty good, pretty well. Who cares? I don't care. You think Mr. Lawson cares? Mr. Mrs. Grappley cares? No. Only Felix the Perfect cares. Speak for yourself. Oh. I'll speak for everyone. You're so compulsively perfect, you drive everyone to be extreme. Mr. Lawson didn't want to do the karaoke. He would have been very happy to take a moderate stroll around the poop deck. And Mrs. Grafley, you think she wanted to throw her pills overboard? She wanted to alternate a prune for a pill, a pill for a prune, a prune for a pill. Who's it going to hurt? Nobody. I, I don't understand the way you operate, Felix. Don't you see? You made me eat nine tacos. 
I would have been happy with six. All right, I get your message. What should I do? Well, how about the middle? A little moderation. All right, I'll, I'll take it easy. If you'll take it easy. Done. Okay. I have my hat back? <laughs> my whistle? Good. I promise I won't go overboard anymore. <laughs> you see, I haven't lost the famous hunger humor. I have to rush ahead. Why? Why? I have to watch the whistle. So they lock him in the equipment locker is what the plan was the whole time. Yeah. While he was trying to play Simon Says. Yes. Ominous music was them the ganging up and slowly menacingly kind of uh, 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 bearing down on Felix and cornering him into the little the, the cage. So we have a tag, which is the cruise ship establishing shot. Again, Felix is in his room straightening his tie. Mr. Larson and Mrs. Gradney come in and say hello to Felix. Felix says, well, hello, you two. Do my eyes deceive me? Or have you got something going for you there? And they say he is right. Felix says, shipboard romance, huh? Mr. Larson says, we just dropped by to tell you that we saw Mr. Madison up on deck and he had Mr. Tupple's raincoat on. He bought it for $50. Felix says, oh no, he promised me he was going to go for moderation. Then Oscar walks in and the coat is in tatters. Felix asks what happened to him. Oscar says, I went on a deck to sneak a salami sandwich and a flock of seagulls attacked my coat. And that's the end of the episode. Not one of the great tags. No. Um, so this, there's a lot crammed in the episode. They don't even get to the ship. Yeah, right. Until like 13 halfway. minutes in. Pretty yeah. much halfway, yeah. So it feels like a lot happens for a 30-minute episode. Um, it's funny. I think it's a bit forgettable episode. We both said there's like, you know, even though there's some great moments we both love in it, you know, you have a favorite line, a joke, and I have a favorite line. It's just one of those episodes, I, I, maybe other people disagree, that I just like never think about. If, I'm going to think about Odd Couple. When it's on, I enjoy it, but it's not like I think about it. And your um, rating is? Uh, so I give it, uh, by the way, I do like when Felix has fake positions of authority. That makes it, I, I, it's a th solid three for me. It's, it's, it's good. It's fun. I enjoy it. There's nothing special about it, but there's nothing where I don't enjoy. There's no moments I really don't enjoy. So I, I give it a three. Well, I also consider this forgettable. As I said, I had really literally forgotten it <laughs> when I saw it on the list. Um, yeah, I don't think, I think this is one of the weaker episodes. Um, and I would give it a, I was really inclined to give it a two, but there are some really funny lines and mostly in the first half. Uh, so I'd give it, you know, two and a half Murray's, but it's it, generally the first half is much better. I, I just the whole thing on the ship is just to me is, is ends up being a really lame premise, and um, nothing really funny happens on the ship. The it's just a bunch of like kind of humor at the expense of old people who, but the old people don't get to really do anything funny. Um, there's so many of them that they don't really bring out any character. Particular, no one, none of them gets to be a real character. The guy with the coat is like the funniest character. Um, so and yeah it's always fun to see felix you know take on an authority position and ruin everyone's time but we've seen him do it i've seen him do it so many times in a funnier way or in a more satisfying way and this kind of feels like a retread 
and it's like a retread of so many things like the fat farm episode and um and it was just these jokes and these situations have been done better in other episodes so it's a free i remain i i maintain still that it's a pretty forgettable episode but i'm i'm sure there are fans who remember it fondly but it does have one of your favorite jokes in it that's why it's two and a half and not two i see <laughs> by um, the way speaking of that moment so we we, we have to uh, uh we need closure on this because when when um uh oh yeah, yeah who's the super son of monroe monroe right so you know we had this we didn't realize in the first time we saw Monroe whether he was meant to be Latino or not. And this is the episode where they name him uh, Monroe Hernandez. And he says, uh, how can a Puerto Rican, you know, kick out three cops? So he's self identifying as Puerto Rican. And I still think it's funny that, that they couldn't find a Latino actor to play this role. Oh, or they I wouldn't. Think they- I bet they, they didn't cast. A, they did yes. not, for whatever reason, cast yes. a Latino actor and cast Andy Rubin, who's a nice Jewish boy from Massachusetts. So, um, <laughs> but but I, I remember looking him up, and in the last time we talked about him, I uh, I went through how his Andy Rubin's short, relatively short career, uh, unfortunately cut short, um, was full of playing Latinos or characters mistaken to be Latino. So. Um, <laughs> So uh, that was uh, part of his thing, I guess. And we won't see him again. Um, no, that's the Monroe experiment has yes. ended now. The so, attempt to introduce but, a young, hip, diverse, <laughs> ethnically diverse character is failed. If they, if we did see him again, do you think the characters would then recognize him finally? I don't know. It could have been a funny joke if they always were forgetting him. So that's it for our coverage of this episode. If you have... Uh, feedback you can email us at 1049pod at gmail.com i'm going to give a little spoiler that our next podcast will be discussing my favorite odd couple episode Mm, of the entire series um i gotta be me so uh in the meantime good luck paisan Um.